Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. I'm smart enough, I'm good enough, and doggone it, I'm worth it. And that's a quote by a character named Stuart Smalley, otherwise known as Al Franken. And um, if you haven't heard that expression, that means you're young. (laughs) Uh, All right. Hello again, everyone. Uh, This is the good enough Lucy here, the perfectly imperfect Lucy. And today's conversation with myself and you all is about the issue of being good enough, about the imposter syndrome, all that fun stuff that as artists, it seems like it can be an issue. And so I want to take a look at that from the point of being a business owner and how that is something that we do want to challenge ourselves to be competent, to be better, to be pleasing our clients, but not letting it hold us back or not hoping that getting approval will somehow change something inside of us that we really need to do the personal work on. I guess I'm just jumping right in. So my first question, I'd like for you to ponder some things. If you need to pause, if you need to write, if you're driving, don't write, but you can pause. (laughs) Think about these things. First of all, by what standard are you thinking you're not good enough for? Like, what makes you good enough? Good enough for what? Good enough to make money from your photography or not good enough compared to others? And comparison is a thief of joy. So it's great for us to uh, let that go. Um, the, the hard thing these days with having the internet is that we can see all the incredible photographs other people are doing and end up comparing our everyday work with someone's showstoppers. Uh, back, back in my day, pre-internet, pre-Facebook, I would see people's work at print competitions or um, I know people's homes, friends, and so forth, when someone gave a workshop and they'd show their work. Uh, So I could always jump into that kind of comparison as well, but it wasn't as, as like always in your face. And I'm going to admit that there are times when I see a photograph that takes my breath away so much that I think, that's it. I should just quit photographing. I'm not worthy. (laughs) Now I work through that because that's what you got to do. And on the flip side, sometimes I see work that is something I wouldn't even show my clients that people are selling and making a good living at it. And my ego likes to say, oh, I'm so much better than them, but it isn't relevant I got to drive my car in my lane to my destination and keep my eyes on the roads that are dangerous. Make sure I stop at stop signs, (laughs) you know, be safe, whatever that means. But so sometimes I think people think they're not good enough. It's almost like a worthy of drawing breath or something. I think there's some 
deep issues, especially as artists that can come up for us. So I want you to now pause for a sec, pause, 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 and think about where are these fears? Where are these thoughts coming from? Are there childhood issues? Are there voices in your head that have somebody else's name attached to it? One of my issues, and that is not around photography, but I had a grandmother that was extremely OCD about neatness and cleanliness and perfection. There was always plastic on the nice furniture when we came to visit. And I'm the busy, messy, creative one. My sister, she can be very perfect <laughs> in that way. And so some of my grandmother's comments and her um, being unhappy with my little, you know, whatever it was, it affected me and it still does. And I, I work on it. And <laughs> my other grandparents, they were kind of cluttered and there was nothing but love there. And so anywho, that's a little, a little aside sort of just shows you how we can carry things forward. And truthfully, I'm clean. I'm organized. I'm a piler, not a filer. I always into new projects. So my home is never going to look like my grandmother's, nor what I wanted. Okay. So back to where is this fear of not being good enough coming from? Was there a teacher? Was there a parent? Was there a bully? You know, taking a look at those things, the place for those is in your journal, is with a friend, is with a therapist, is, you know, reading personal books. But the it's not the place for our business to be taking in those things and hoping that through um, doing whatever we think is good enough for photography is going to heal some of those. Now, the beautiful thing with a business is whatever kinds of things that are our best and our most challenging parts of us, parts of us are going to pop up for healing. So if this pops up for you, I do suggest that you um, consider doing some work on that because we're all worthy. We're all good enough all the time. We're humans and we're divine and we're incredible. So it's a Saturday. So I'm not sure if I'm ranting or if I'm making any sense, but that I don't want to judge that this recording is not good enough. So uh, there you go. Now, where are the fears coming from that you're not good enough? Like, what if you're not good enough? Then what might happen that terrifies some people? Could it be loss of money? You're not going to make the income you want or need. Are you afraid of being judged by others? That's very common. And yeah, the, the judge, we're going to get into that more. But the real judge in our photography is the person that has the option to buy it or not. But I know, like, I have this inner critic that sounds like... Um, you know, she's a full-fledged adult, but she's actually pretty young. If you've not done any inner child work, I recommend that. Okay. Fear of rejection. People hate to hear no. And we have businesses to run. And if everyone says yes to us, the truth is we are way better than what we're pricing or how we're marketing. Um, we have to get some no's because we can't serve every single person on the planet. And I know that's a challenge. So um, that's something I work with people a lot in my coaching is, is these very topics. 
sometimes they call it mindset, but I think it's deeper. Okay. And then one other thing I wanted to uh, talk about is the imposter syndrome, which I think goes hand in hand. Now, I do believe in faking it till you make it. Um, there's some qualifications on that. But I was listening to this wonderful interview with my all-time favorite musician. Um, now she's a painter. That's what she considers herself. Um, but Joni Mitchell. And I'm not alone in that. So Canadian TV did an interview and it's on YouTube. And somewhere in there, she mentions the imposter syndrome. And she says, every gifted artist is going to feel that way sometime. Especially because our gifts as artists, they a lot of times come through us. Like we didn't make ourselves have a beautiful voice to sing or have an eye for creativity or light or design or um, be intuitive with how to work with people. But we did, if, you know, if we're doing anything with our creativity or even if we're not doing anything with it, but if we become excellent at it, it's because we take our gift and then we learn our craft around our gift. There's not a, maybe one in a zillion singers did not practice, did not either have some training or just sang a lot in their bedroom and developed their talent. So I thought that was interesting that all imposters, no, all artists feel like imposters sometimes because it doesn't feel like it comes from us. Okay. Oh, so are you good enough? The simple answer to that in photography business or any business is that if someone pays you for what you create and enjoys it, then you're good enough. Here's the thing. As artists, it is so easy to take things personally. If we show somebody our art and they don't like it, we can make it mean something about ourselves. And if they do like it, we also mean something about ourselves. And either direction isn't true. It, yes, it means we created something that someone else enjoys or someone else doesn't, but it doesn't go to our worthiness or our good enoughness. We just are what we are. And, you know, I think about when I was a kid and I would paint something uh, at school and I'd take it home to my mom. And, you know, of course I'd want her to be like, oh, that's wonderful and put it on the fridge. And I have chosen to break the, um, like, that's not appropriate in my business to, to have a lot of the motivation uh, for what I'm doing to be that self acknowledgement. To me, that is um, in, and I want to break these words up. It, that is self-centered, not like, oh, you're so self-centered, but when we're focused on our need for approval, we're not focusing on the client's needs and we're not separating our photography from ourselves or we need to, we need to see it as a product that's not us. Is that making sense? It's, it's a challenging topic, but I, I just want you to think about 
not getting a foundational sense of self-esteem from our clients. There's a neediness that is not going to attract what we want when we're coming from that. And I'm not like, you know, some perfect person that doesn't understand all this because certainly in my career in the last 30 plus years, you know, my heart <laughs> is very engaged with the work I create and I want people to love it and treasure it. And when they don't, sure, it isn't easy to accept that they don't love something that, that I love. <laughs> On the other hand, it's also been kind of hard to accept someone loving something I'm not particularly like as an artist, not super proud of. I've had some times when I've done a session and I didn't think it was my best work and the clients were so excited and they treasure it. And um, so that is that separating my own, um, my own opinions of what I've created from what is serving my client. Because the truth is what we're selling, what we're creating for people, if you're a portrait photographer, it's something to do with love. It increases beauty in the home. It, it brings more joy and connection. If it's commercial photography, it helps people be more successful. Um, you know, a great executive portrait can help people want to work with or buy from that person. So what we're doing has value to other people. And that's what I want you to keep in your mind all the time when that, you know, that little devil on your shoulder says, you're not good enough. Did I already talk about comparison is the thief of joy? So yes, there are people who their work is better. And truthfully, some of those people are broke because they are not doing the work of running their business productively, smart, smartfully, smartly, profitably. And maybe they don't want to, maybe they want to be broke. I mean, I'm in a group of um, women photographers. There are 60 of us and a high percentage are doing the most incredible work. Like it's so humbling when I see it on our private website and they're doing it for fun. They're doing it for creativity. They are not selling it to anyone. Yeah, it's not always about selling, but if you're doing this for business, then you need to um, keep your focus out there on serving, 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 serving. Okay, so I'm gonna put that are you good enough exploration to the side and say it is important to be competent. So there is a line where you're not good enough if you're not competent to do the job that someone wants you to do, or if, if the, like, if you randomly, when you do a session, 99% of the images are unusable, out of focus, bad exposure, and you get the occasional lucky one, then probably a good idea to keep working on the craft before, you know, before asking people to invest in your work. I always think it's better to not charge while you're growing and learning. And if somebody wants to buy some prints because they like what you've done, give them that option. But I personally think it's better to do that until you're ready and you feel competent to, to take on um, a job 
than to charge very little, like give them all the files. And because um, one of the issues with that is you don't get the feedback if they just get everything for a low price because you don't feel like you're worth more or you haven't learned how to do the sales side of the business. So yes, you need to be competent. Uh, so here's a list of some of the things I think are very important uh, to consider in your checklist of, am I good enough? So number one, do you have the right equipment to get the job done? And this includes having backups. I am sometimes horrified realizing that there are people um, doing portrait sessions of like children as tiny babies that are never going to be that small again, or a wedding or any family group, especially a big family where you never know what's going to happen to, let's say, the, the seniors in the group that they, sh they only have the basic equipment and no backup. So that if, if something breaks, you're doomed and you have to reshoot, but you can't always reshoot. So number one, have the right equipment. It doesn't have to be the best in the world, but it does have to work well for what you need. And I always recommend on that backup equipment, doing a few images of the most important things. So I'll have, I'll have my second camera um, either on my assistant's shoulder or in a, in a bag right next to me. I try not to carry things at this point because uh, equipment can wear your body down like a pencil over time. So that's a little extra bonus tip. Anyway, so when I do a portrait grouping that I really love, then I grab the other camera and I, I snap a few extras just in case my camera decided to seem like it was working, you know, my main camera and it's not. You need number two to understand the basics of lighting, especially if it's portraits, how to light the face, how to get, get that glow in the eyes. Um, on camera flash for portraits, not always the best idea, but you can still do that and and sell and make people happy. But understanding how you're going to light and that you just don't randomly throw somebody, uh, I don't know, in the street or under a tree or in the house and click away without understanding what your light, what your light source is. And that's I actually do have a podcast episode, maybe three months ago or so that was on my, my natural light. So if you want to go back and listen to that, you'll get some goodies there. Okay. Number three, know how to use your camera, know how to expose properly, learn to read a histogram properly. Many people think that a proper histogram is where it's shaped like a mountain. And that can be true when you're doing scenic travel photography or like a group candids and things where there's lots of middle tone. But if you're doing portraits, if you're doing something creative, uh, let's say you were doing a, a, a white ball and a black room, you're not gonna get a mountain. <laughs> you're gonna get um, little mountains on either side, the highlight and shadow side, 
and a little maybe in the middle gray, and that's what you're supposed to have. So just, just a little from you to me passing on that a good histogram has, um, it touches the left side, the line, which is your shadow side, and it touches the right without climbing way up the sides and bunching up. I'd say personally, I know there's a lot of people that don't do this, but shooting raw, there's absolutely zero reason not to um, because a hard drives are small. I have garage full of negatives and I have a stack of, of exterior hard drives, backup ones from over the years. And I have more files in, you know, like, like three feet square of hard drive stacked up than a, in a garage full of negatives. So, so shooting raw and saving because you just never know. I have a, a client that um, we did some portraits in 2009 and one of them was damaged and I have those files and I'm probably going to be able, I don't normally sell digital files, but at this point, I'm probably going to be able to sell her either some extra prints from things she didn't order or give her a great deal to have all the files. So anyway, number three, know how to set your camera, expose properly, understand histograms. Number four, you need to know how to edit well and or have somebody else that knows how to do that for you. One of my good friends, Sterling Hoffman, he doesn't do Photoshop and he has a great business. Someone else does that for him. Okay, let's see. I may have some other tips on being competent. Okay, yes, learn how to manage people. Being good enough includes knowing how, if you're selling prints, knowing how to design albums nicely or have somebody do it for you. Know how to order from a lab and get what you want from them and communicate with them. If you're specializing in children and you need to learn how to get expressions from children, learn that. But you don't, you don't have to be like the master at that at the start. Uh, learn how to sell. You know, that's a, that's a big good enough of if you don't know how to inspire people to order and they don't order, the fact that they didn't order, I said that three times, order, order, order in the court. <laughs> but if they don't order, it isn't because your work wasn't good enough. It may be because your sales system is not good enough. And if you've listened to my podcast, you know that selling is my superpower. So if you need help with that, I am here for you. Just go to lucydumascoaching.com, uh, send me an email, or even message me on Facebook and say, hey, I need to chat. I want to I wanna, um, talk to you about possibly teaching me how to sell. That was a little segue. Okay. And I think always getting better is important. And how do you do that? So number one to me is study art, learn composition, lighting, color theory, leading lines, the rule of thirds. When you have that foundation, then you can break that. One of the things that I think I'd been in business maybe six or seven years when I took a workshop and the teacher said, you know, the brightest part of the picture becomes the subject. And 
he showed us examples. So if you've got lots of sky in a picture, that's where your eye is going to go if it's if there's not color and tone in that sky. Go to museums, galleries. Don't just look at photography, but do look at photography. Study the great masters of photography and uh, learn, learn, learn about art in general and composition and all that good stuff. Number two of how to get better is practice, practice, practice. And especially, and I'm guilty of this. So, you know, I'm, I'm not, again, <laughs> I'm talking to myself too. Don't try something new on a client without trying it first, especially a new piece of equipment that you're not comfortable with. I've, I've had more than one time where, um, you know, I got a new flash or, or uh, just some other, other things. And I wasn't comfortable with that. And it, you know, threw me off my game. Now I still produced, but um, yeah. So, and practice, practice, practice. Number three. Um, so one of my mentors, Joyce Wilson, some of you listening who've been around a while, she's your hero also. She's the first person that I took a week-long class with. And uh, she's an amazing photographer and artist. And when she photographs, she does what she says, one for me and one for thee. So during sessions, she does what the client clearly wants. And then she does some things that, are, that will satisfy her as an artist. And a lot of times, then those end up being the wall art. I've found that over the years. So the way that I've gotten better and even more, what's our word for the day? Good enough. That's two words. <laughs> Is pushing myself at each and every session to try to get a photograph that's like the best one I've ever taken. But I don't do that at the expense of getting the basics I know the client wants. Yeah. Oh, number four, assist photographers to get better. I've had so many people volunteer to carry my bags, to fluff wedding dresses, to uh, help with lighting, to uh, make babies smile off camera, um, you know, whatever I needed help with clients and so forth so that they could learn. And I'm, I'm sure you're not surprised. I'm one of those people that always wants to be teaching somebody sometimes. So if you're someone that has assistance, whether you're paying them or not, and I do recommend that always teach them because what you teach, you see more clearly yourself, but also assisting other photographers, um, especially early on. Uh, it's just so eye-opening and you get skills and you're helping that photographer and What's happened to me is when someone assisted me a couple of times and they did a great job, then I paid them after that because that's just how I roll. Take classes, not just online, but go to conventions, join your local state and national PPA chapter and attend their events, you know, get together with some friends and like watch a class and then practice together. So learn, learn, learn in all kinds of ways. Another great way to be even more good enough <laughs> is 
entering print competitions and getting critique and watching print competitions that are not your work because so often what happens is you'll see a photograph and you'll think, oh, that's beautiful. And then they don't give it a great score. And then they tell you why. And then you go, oh, so that then when you're out shooting, you're looking with new eyes at, you know, the way that fingers are pointed or the, you know, not having that tree come out of the back of their head or, you know, whatever um, that makes your work continually better. And of course, I highly recommend hiring a mentor and, you know, I don't need to go into what I offer other than besides helping you with marketing and sales and mindset, I do help my clients with their photography as needed. I chose to be a business coach. However, I love teaching people to be better photographers, better at cropping, lighting, finishing, composition, all that. So anyway, hire a mentor, whether it's me or someone else. So just a couple of things to wrap up that I might've said, maybe I'll say in a little different way, not be good enough, figure out what that means to you. Good enough for what? And comparison is a thief of joy, which I've said. There are a zillion people that are better photographers than me in terms of you know, whatever standard I might think. <laughs> and there are a zillion that are not as, as good as I am or as good as you are. So what? It doesn't matter. It's about what we're creating. And then if we're selling it, if the client loves it. Another thing you may not know is that what you see from photographers, if they're posting on Facebook or they're winning awards and competition, that might not be what they're doing for clients. You don't know if when they get just a regular family or a child in front of the camera or a, or a dog, if they're able to uh, create something that's in, as incredible as they create when they've got a model or you know their own pet or their own child or they're teaching a class and the... And the um, people that hired them provided models, uh, you don't know. And one of my friends, and she, she's fine with me sharing this, I'm not going to share who it is, but she got her master's, her PPA master's in two years. And that is, especially pre-digital, that was really, really difficult. She had to have 13 merits on her prints, which means that out of the eight that she entered over two years, she needed, uh, so if you're accepted, you get one point. And then if it goes loan, you get another. So somewhere with those eight images, she needed 13 merits. And then the other 12 can be either from merits or teaching or giving service of, of some kind. Everybody was like, oh my gosh, she's the most incredible photographer. And she would bring me her personal work for me to help her because it, in those, you know, first, two to four years, her personal work wasn't that good. Her clients liked it, but she wasn't happy. And because it is harder. So anywho, that's why comparing somebody's most amazing, perfect things is just uh, not a good idea. We can certainly appreciate it. I, you know, I'm, there's a photographer friend, Debbie Lafever, who her flower photos almost make me cry. They're so beautiful.
So I appreciate it. And I'm not good enough to do what she does. And it just doesn't matter because, okay, one other thing, your own individual gift is yours. So one way to be successful professionally is to figure out what you excel at that you love the most. And then you'll, you know, it's just easier. Like I, one of the challenges, if someone wants to be a senior wedding, newborn, family, engagement, quinceanera, photographer, is each one of those is a specialty. And it's hard to get really, really excellent in six different specialties all at the same time. So find your lane, find what makes you the happiest, and then you'll put more focus and attention and you'll keep getting better and better and better. So far beyond good enough. And truthfully, because I'm always growing and I'm sure it's true for you or you wouldn't be listening to podcasts, but every year when I look on my work, I think, oh, wow, I'm a lot better now. And so when you're reaching for that year after year, um, you know, it, it just keeps getting more, um, more sellable, but there are probably people making the most money in this industry. Many of them are, would admittedly of their own say they're not award-winning photographers. So, um, again, in summary, separate your art and the, what is coming from you from the product you're selling. Understand that you're creating something for someone else and, you know, get, get your own feeling of worthiness and good enoughness, like work on that, but focus on them. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing this podcast and all of the other good things. I would absolutely love to chat with you about anything. So reach out to me and please, if you're someone that's like, I would love to be on her show, just send me an email or a Facebook message, Lucy at lucydumas.com, Lucy with an I or Lucy Dumas on Facebook. And if you have some ideas of somebody you would love for me to have a chat with, um, it's just so much fun to meet new people, to dig deep with, with friends of mine. And the fact that you're out there listening makes me super happy. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to get on with the rest of my Saturday because that's uh, sometimes it's quite enough to do my solo episodes here on a Saturday quiet in my mind. <laughs> anyway, so I've been kind of in a silly mood. And so I'm going to just silly the rest of the weekend and hope you're enjoying whatever you're doing today. Take care. Bye now. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one -on -one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.